get this stuff going too as well. Welcome into Facebook Live, everybody. Come on in. Join us at the table for the JB podcast. The team's finishing up, getting everything set up, and we're ready to go. Yeah, give me one minute. I guess Jack's real man. 4 2 tonight, too. We're going 3 1. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right, guys, welcome into the JB Podcast. I'm Bobby Levine. Alongside me is Jackson Schroeder. We are live on Facebook Live. And if you are watching us on our YouTube page, that is coming to you directly from Nate Sexauer and Mateen Ozichik. Thank you so much for editing this. Uh, we'll have a whole pack show today. Yeah. We've got college basketball with the brackets. We're going to talk about that just in a second. Uh, we've got the MLB talk with Chris Constable. And then we have Matt Harrington ending the show once again with NBA. A lot of big news coming up. Talk about those Cavs. Yeah, I'll talk about those Cavs in a little bit. So <laughs> stay tuned if you want to hear some Cavs talk. MLB second on deck. And then we've got brackets and then breaking news first. So right now, breaking news coming out of the Oakland Bay area. We're not talking about the Golden State Warriors right now. We're talking about the Oakland Raiders. As of yesterday, there was a 31-1 vote in the NFL allowing the Raiders to move to Las Vegas. Yeah, that, that, I mean, yes, it is a money move for sure. And they're going to, it's a good move for their franchise. I hear some well-respected analysts talk, like Colin Coward talking about how they couldn't have won a Super Bowl in Oakland. I don't really understand why that's true, but I, I don't like the move because I'm a traditionalist. I like how, I, I like having the Raiders in Oakland because that's where their fan base is. Like, they moved from L.A. to Oakland, and they established themselves. And their fans were loyal, like the Browns or any bad team at times. Their fans are loyal, and they finally get to see them rise up this year. And then they go to Las Vegas. I mean, Las Vegas is a big market, possibly, but I just don't see the fan loyalty coming from a town like Las Vegas, or city, excuse me. Um, so just go with your statement with that the Oakland Raiders couldn't win a Super Bowl in Oakland. Um, if Derek Carr did not get hurt, that team could have beat yeah. Houston and moved forward in the playoffs, and you never know with what happens in the playoffs. You have a good quarterback. That's what you need first off. It's just like in any other sport, your best player is the leader. It's a quarterback in the NFL. It's a star pitcher in the MLB. It's your goaltender in the uh, NHL. And in basketball, it's just your point guard, whoever handles the ball the most. Yeah. Uh, Derek Carr is their leader. He was killing it for them. Absolutely Definitely. destroying it. That's the best. Great defense, too, yes. with Khalil Mack. That they... They were a great team, and they will be a great team next year also. But I just was a little uh, perplexed by the fact that Colin Coward didn't think they could win a Super Bowl in Oakland. Uh, I'm not sure about that. They they didn't have Derek Carr the last game of the regular season. They lost to uh, the Denver Broncos 24-6. Other than that, they could have finished the year 13-3. and Yeah, definitely. That team was a front-runner for a Super Bowl championship. Yeah, in a tough division. Too. Very tough division. I think the move, it, it hurts the NFL. I think the last two years we've had... Teams move like crazy. San Diego moves out of San Diego, San Diego, excuse me, and goes a little bit up north to LA. The, the, that whole 
I feel like the city of San Diego is so hurt. Yeah. They have the definitely. Padres. That's it. <laughs> They're trying to get an MLS team. We talked about that last yeah. week. The Chargers, possibly. Possibly so. called the Chargers. But the Chargers have been there for forever. I mean, you think about the Chargers, you think of Junior Seau. Yeah. Incredible defense right there. Uh, then you have the St. Louis Rams, who haven't been good in a long time. But then they move and pick up things and go to L.A. So they have two teams in L.A. And then the one team in Oakland moves to Las Vegas. There's no fan base in, right now. There's no, NBA, no. Or NFL team that was there before. It wasn't like they had the L.A. Rams before. Yeah. So I don't know. It's very it's very frustrating with the NFL. They don't have loyalty. They seem it's to just, have it. It's just leagues. a money move. It is a money move, it's, 100%. 100% it's frustrating from a fan standpoint. Okay. So let's get things going here to the NBA, or NCAA with the brackets. Yeah. I want to give a huge shout-out to Joe Anders, our sponsor, J&J Mobile Detailing, right behind Avalanche Pizza, folks. Go there, get your car detailed, waxed, washed, rinsed, shampooed, all that good stuff. Makes it smell and look brand new. Exactly. I got it done. The car's great. <laughs> you guys need to hop you get, on that. You get it shampooed, too. Right? I did shampoo. The car <laughs> smells incredible. It still does. This is like literally a couple weeks ago. The car still smells, smells incredible. <laughs> Okay, want to give a huge shout-out, though. Uh, if you go to check out our Twitter, at Seat at the T. Also on Instagram, Seat at the T. Uh, you can go on to Facebook and, and check us out, Seat at the Table at that part. Uh, for our bracket tournament, there's three brackets left. I'll go down from top to bottom, who has a chance. Elaine with 74 points. She's got Oregon over Gonzaga in the championship. Aubrey has Gonzaga winning it with 68 points total. So if Gonzaga wins the whole thing, she'll take over. And then Paul Holden, the voice of Power 105 here in Athens, Ohio, has UNC winning it all with 68 points. So Aubrey and Paul are tied right now. If UNC wins it all, Paul wins. If uh, Gonzaga wins it all, Aubrey wins. And then if Oregon wins it all, Elaine wins. Yeah, tight tight race there. Uh, we'll see what happens. I also wanted to uh, throw a plug for our website, seedatthetea.com. We've got good uh, articles and content coming out just about daily, and it's and it's not always the normal news, not the normal uh, storylines. We have uh, we have NHL news, we have MLS news, um, MLB, NBA, and more. Just about everything. Seatatthetea.com, all one word. Okay, so let's talk about the tournament right now. We're down to the final four. The first game on the left side, it's going to be South Carolina Gamecocks coming out of nowhere. The seven seed <laughs> having a huge upsets moving forward are going against the number one seed, the Gonzaga the Bulldogs, correct? Yeah, the Bulldogs. Gonzaga Bulldogs, uh, one loss all season. You go to the right side, uh, you've got the Oregon Ducks coming out, and then they're playing another one seed as well with North Carolina Tar Heels. Looking back at last weekend with the Sweet 16 and, and Elite Eight, who surprised you? Uh, who disappointed you? And moving forward, who do you have winning it all? Um, well, lots of disappointments came early, but I'll talk about my surprises first. And I was, I was harping on the SEC um, basketball-wise earlier. In South Carolina and Florida in an Elite Eight matchup, That I mean, I was wrong about that. I'll be the first one to admit that. But South Carolina has been so surprising. They've been really hot, taking down some great uh, opponents there. They're going to run into a big speed bump here with Gonzaga, though. I think Gonzaga is the best team left in this tournament. Probably, in my eyes, was not the best team in the tournament, but now has the best chance of uh, of winning this thing. Okay, so I'm going to disagree with you on that aspect with Gonzaga being the best team and you moving forward. They've gotten lucky. They had an easy first round game as being a one seed. You you put the one seeds regardless moving forward against the yeah. 16 seed. They played a first time ever tournament selection in the or Northwestern Wildcats, which they got lucky with a goaltending call in that round to move them forward and play their hardest competition I think they've played so far in the West Virginia Mountaineers. Yeah, and 
That was it's a good true. game. That was one good game. And they were one of the best teams in the tournament, I would say. Uh, they, they, maybe not consistently the best, but over the course of the season, their wins were crazy, crazy good. They had so much talent on that team, and they were hot going into this game against Gonzaga, which is partially why I give more credit to Gonzaga. And then they played the Xavier Musketeers. So shout out to the, the last Ohio team to make it all the way to lead eight, 11 seed, okay? No matter yeah, but what they were hot too, and they crushed them, crushed them. Absolutely, I mean they crushed them, but they're also missing their best player. They they played that the last half season pretty much without their best player, uh, having upset after upset, beating Maryland, Florida State, and then Arizona. I think they put all their eggs in the last basket against Arizona. They were very tired uh, playing that Gonzaga game. I think my biggest surprise this entire tournament has to be South Carolina. Oh, definitely, an incredible run, an one. incredible run. Not only beating Duke. Beating Baylor and then beating Florida, so they beat a two, three, and four seed. Now they got to play the one seed. Yep. They can knock out all top four seeds there, uh, get themselves in a championship opportunity. And my roommate Matt, who's sitting right over here, you can't see him yet. He's coming in here very shortly. Wants to see a North Carolina South Carolina championship. Oh, I think that would be great. That'd be, that'd be pretty pretty interesting to see that. Um, Where's Ethan? The Battle of the Cackalackies? Cackalackies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Ethan Graham if you're watching this. Uh, I want to point out. The South region. That had to be the toughest region on the very bottom half with Kentucky and UCLA. That game right there, I thought was going to be deciding who was going to get to the Final Four. Uh, Kentucky had a late lead after they beat UCLA, had a late lead on UNC. UNC battled back, got a seven point lead with under minutes to go. Somehow Kentucky came back and tied the ball game yeah. up and then lost it on a buzzer beater pretty much shot by UNC. Um, I think that was a preview of the national champion. I think whoever won that game is going to be the national champion, and UNC won that game. I think they're going to roll through the Oregon Ducks. The Oregon Ducks haven't been to the Final Four in, since like since the 1939. 39, there you go. Thank you so much. Um, and I don't think – I think it's going to be Gonzaga against North Carolina, and I think North Carolina has too much weapons. If that does happen, I'll root for Gonzaga. I'm not a, I'm not a North Carolina Tar Heel fan at all. Um, I think I'll root for anyone that's coming out of that left side. I don't yeah. think I can even root for Oregon. It's hard rooting for Oregon in the Pac-12. I don't think they're that solid. But moving forward, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good run, yeah. be a good finale here. So, so I've, this is why I've got Gonzaga winning. Let me hear. It. So yes, I've got Gonzaga playing UNC in this next round. I Oregon's hot, but they're not they're not good enough. Uh, they don't have enough talent to uh, beat that UNC squad. But when Gonzaga faces UNC, Gonzaga is fourth defensively, and they can lock down. That uh, that UNC offense, and that's where that's where UNC thrives. They've got a pretty mediocre defense. I think they um, not not in the top of the pack at all. But Gonzaga order uh, uh, averages 83.2 points per game, which puts them at 14th overall. And they've got a great offense with a great defense. I know their regular season competition isn't the best, and that's why I was. Not so high on them going into this tournament, but watching them play those big games against West Virginia, really tricky appointment uh, uh, opponent there. I like them and and how they finish this uh, tournament to get themselves to the Final Four. I like them going forward. That's the best game all year. You think so? Against West Virginia. It's, I mean, it's the, Matt says that I'm agreeing with him. The best game they played all year was against West Virginia, beating by three. Um, I don't know. I still have North Carolina winning it all. It's going to be a tight one in the championship if they do get that far. I think they're going to roll through Oregon and we'll go from there. So I have UNC, you have Gonzaga. Who do you guys have? UNC. UNC? I have UNC. UNC as well. All right. But that's all we got from the basketball topic. We're bringing in our fantasy beat writer, Chris Constable, 
joining us for the podcast for not the second time. Make some room. Second time here. You got a shout out from Nick Johnson. Yeah, I saw that. Said, yeah, Thank you, Nick Johnson. I appreciate that, bud. Miss you here in Athens, Ohio. Making sure we got everyone here. So we all looking good. Tight. Awesome. All right. Well, again, I want to give a huge shout out to J and J Mobile Detailing. Get your cars fixed up, washed, rinsed, waxed, all that. Nine yards right behind Avalanche Pizza on East State Street. Uh, tell them the J and B podcast crew sent you. He'll give you a nice fat discount, and we'll move from there. Uh, we are one week away. First off, nice jersey. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> that. It's a Lindor Puerto Rico jersey. Francisco Lindor Puerto Rico jersey. I, I mentioned this to Chris before the podcast. Uh, he's wearing a double loser jersey. Not only did the Cleveland Indians lose in the World Series in Game uh, 7, uh, but the tough. Puerto Rico team lost to the United States of America in the WBC Championship. want to give a huge shout-out, though, to Jordan Lindsay if you're watching this. Uh, appreciate all the articles coming down all the way in Alabama. He covered that WBC like it was the back of his hand. Awesome articles, awesome graphics for all the uh, pretty much articles that we are moving forward. All him, all the NCAA articles, those are all him. Um, United States got the win last week, last Wednesday. That was the day after we had our podcast. Uh, and now we're less than a week away from MLB to start. Opening yeah. day is almost here. Finally. Finally. Uh, if you are playing fantasy baseball, go check out Chris's articles on our website, seatatthetea.com. He covered his best player, his favorite under. Like, what were the articles? They were about the underwashed player. Uh, it was a it was a sleeper pick with uh, Logan Forsythe yep. and uh, maybe an undervalued pitcher uh, for Baltimore, Kevin Gausman. So check those out. Uh, some intriguing picks there uh, for this upcoming season. All right, so let's talk about your favorite division. You're a giant Indians fan. Huge Indians fan. Uh, it's going to be an interesting year moving forward. You guys lost Game Seven of the World Series. Uh, in extra innings. Yeah. Crazy finish. Probably the best game we've ever seen in a, in a long time. That series was incredible. And we were up in Cleveland yep. for that final game, uh, and that was insane. So we want to talk about AL Central? We'll talk about AL Central to start out with. Okay. Um, who do you have coming out of that? Uh, who are people to watch out for? And give me, just give me a rundown of that. Uh, so, I mean, I'm a little bit biased here. Uh, I definitely have the Indians coming away with that division. I think, uh, you know, with – Adding Encarnacion in the offseason is just immaculate. Just such a great move uh, by the Indians organization to an already, I mean, potent Indians lineup. Uh, you add in the fact that uh, Michael Brantley coming back, if he stays healthy, which you know, I'm, I'm on the fence about Brantley. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if he's going to be able to stay healthy. But if he does, if he can get back to even remotely, you know, back to his MVP form, you know, he wasn't an MVP, but he had, uh, I think he was third place that year in 2015. Uh, I mean, we have all the, all the positions filled. Uh, Andrew Miller's there through 2018. Uh, the pitching staff has got to be top five, you know, in, on any list. Um, you get guys like Carrasco and Salazar coming back, and I think we're in for 94 wins. I think that's what I'm going yep. with. Um, other than that, I think I have Detroit coming in second place. Uh, Fulmer, the rookie last year, uh, did he win Rookie of the Year? Fulmer? Fulmer? I don't think so. He no. was close. I mean, he had a phenomenal season. Um, and, uh, you know, they have some savvy veterans in there, Verlander, um, Victor Martinez. The, the the reason why I like you guys in the Central right now, um, Casey's getting older. Uh, yeah. I think I think that they're they're primed to hit the World Series, which they, they did win one. Yeah. Um, they lost the Giants the year they after. They back-to-back, back, though. Yeah, they went back-to-back. Back. They won one, lost the other one to the Giants. 
Um, they're getting older. I think Detroit also is getting older. They always pick up some guys at the trade deadline that are, are very interesting. Mm -hmm. A couple years ago, they had Ian Kinsler. David Price also a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, they also have some stud, <laughs> stud guys in the, in the lineup, though, with obviously Miguel Cabrera, one of the best hitters probably of our, of our lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. J.D. Martinez. Mm -hmm. And you never know about Victor. Victor, yeah. And he's he very a, old. He had but he a gets good the, season last year. He hits the shit out of the ball. That's really what you have to did. do. He did. You guys have such a young, studded lineup. Yeah. That impresses me. So, I mean, you sent us that picture today of the Indians that are signed and controlled through at least 2018. Yeah. And I'm talking about some huge guys. Cody Allen, Trevor Bauer, Brantley, Carrasco, Chisenhall, Encarnacion, Gomes, uh, Geyer, Kipnis, Kluber, Lu uh, Lindor. And they just uh, signed Jose Ramirez to, to a five-year yes, deal. Five-year deal. 26 mil. Yeah. And they got the best smile in baseball. Yeah, Francisco Lindor. Francisco right Lindor has the best. best. They're saying he's. They're saying he's the, the face of baseball, the million dollar smile man, that has Trout and Harper beat and Brian beat. Yep. Um. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's a huge Twitter thing about a Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report. Report put it out. Yeah. Um. I thought that was pretty funny. I mean, everyone from Puerto Rico. They don't talk about the other amazing players they have. They talk about Francisco Lindor and uh, Correa. Yep. Those are the two studs coming out of that. Absolutely. And so when you have those two guys leading your, your nation like they did, it's very hard not to. I mean, they're just young studs. They're coming yeah. up. Such so. fun players to watch, dynamic on at the plate and in the field. I yes. mean, they're going to make crazy plays in the field, too. I love it. Okay, so let's talk about, I guess, the American League total. Your roommate, Steve Swan, is moving to Boston. Uh, he's been telling you that since day one that he thinks the Boston Red Sox on paper are better than, than the uh, Indians. He says, quote, the Indians got hot at the right time last year. I would I would agree 100%. I would agree with that uh, especially going into that series against Boston last year I remember looking at the offensive stats and how both teams had played all year defensively they were kind of similar but offensively it was uh, Big Poppy's last season had to get it done there mm -hmm. that that I thought if that was where the season uh, the the uh, series that they were gonna lose excuse me um, and they came out 4-0 that was. Crazy, crazy finish to that ALDS. I was nervous going into yeah. the postseason. I mean, absolutely. We drew Boston in the first round, and I'm like, man, exactly. Big poppies last year. And they're, I mean, stacked from one through nine yep. at the plate. I mean, you can't sleep on any of them. Yeah. Jackie Bradley Jr., Xander Bogarts, Mookie Betts. Mookie I mean, Betts. that's just some young studs as as – you know, as we went into that, and Dustin Bedroy was hitting over 300 at the time, doing what he knows, how, you know, how he's been doing it for years. The key, though, is when you get to the, the postseason, you have to get a, a three- to four-man rotation. Who's going to have the best four-man rotation for that team? And right there at that point, you guys were hitting your stride with injuries, though, which was in, a, important to note on. You guys had two of your starters that were out in that game. Two and three guys. Yes. I, if you would have asked me that we were going to throw Kluber, Trevor Bauer, and Josh Tomlin and just sweep the Red Sox, like – and was that the series that Trevor Bauer's hand was just dripping blood? On that, was, that was Toronto. Toronto. That was Toronto. Because yeah. yeah. they had to take him out of the game very early on uh, after he got an accident with, with, a drone. with a drone. He <laughs> yeah, cut his drone. hand all up. His tried to catch he, like, it or something. He molded it together. It was, unique. <laughs> it was a unique story. The whole postseason last year was storybook on everything. You could yes. write you could write stories forever on that. Um, it matters who gets hot at the right time. You guys got hot last year in September, moving forward to October, and that carried you over into November. You guys just leave. Your, your Cinderella shoe didn't fit on long enough, to put it shortly. Absolutely. Uh, do you see it being a rematch of you guys in the playoffs, but this time being in the AL, AL uh, 
see us? The yes, I really do. I, and I can't put my finger on who's going to be the one or two, but I okay. really think it's going to be Boston and Cleveland. Um, and I'm going to put it at whoever has whoever doesn't hit the injury bug is going to come out of the AL. And it's so tough for me. I'm such a big Cleveland guy. Um, and the, with the pickups we've had and all the players we've signed, uh, I, you know, I can't not pick them. But Boston is just so good. And they added Chris Sale to that already amazing pitching staff. Yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, Key to them, I think, is going to be David Price. The guy is a postseason animal. Hates getting taken out of the game. Uh, pitched for Tampa Bay forever. Uh, then he went over to Detroit. Uh, and also, he was also in, for the Jays for one, like half a season at the very end. Uh, I want to know one team, though, to watch out for. And I think it's going to be the Houston Astros. I yeah. agree. A lot of young studs. Again, we talked about Correa earlier. Uh, Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve, the best second baseman hitting-wise we've probably ever runs. seen. Yeah. The guy gets over 20 stolen bases, gets over th- close to 30 home runs. The guy hits for power, and he's so he's like 5'7". <laughs> Think about Steroids. this. Steroids. Get out of here. Think about this. Steroids. The Astros lineup is so stacked. So in the offseason, they added Brian McCann behind the plate. Yeah. Who's just, you know, a veteran catcher, you know, going to do wonders. If he doesn't they're, fall out, croak yeah, over. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if he doesn't get knocked over. Um, they're struggling to find room for Evan Gaddis. Yes. Who last year hit 32, run, 32 bombs behind the plate. Yeah. I, they're struggling to put him into the lineup. He's going to be DHing probably. And then you got guys like Alex Bregman coming up through, who I think is going to have an immediate impact. Um, I think he plays third base. I have a question about the MLB. What's what's your question, Matt? Um, With the game expanding, you know, become more worldwide, and you know, yeah, people their their attention span is not that not that big. Yeah. Uh, Should the uh, National League have a DH? Uh, To answer your question, no. That that's what makes the league different. I think that it makes it interesting to have your pitcher come up because it makes the manager think a lot more. When you see it postseason-wise, you see guys that have to be taken out of the game. So, for instance, for the World Series, you had to take Chapman out because you were going to put him in to bat mm-hmm. for the Cubs. Yeah. If he pitched for in the AL, if like say it was home for Cleveland, then he didn't ha- he could stay in the game the whole time because mm-hmm. he didn't have to bat. But when you're playing mm-hmm. at home in Chicago, mm-hmm. they had to take him out at a certain point because they're not going to put him up to bat. It's a liability. You want to get your best yeah. hitter up there at the time, and that changes the whole game as well. So you're, completely. you're sticking to tradition. So, yeah, tradition I'm as just, it is. I'm just going to stick with it as well. It's such an interesting aspect. But I do like the AL though having it. I think it's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. I just you don't see anything like that in any other sport, no. and I think it's just so unique. And it's it's really it's I like the um, having the AL having the DH yep. and then the NL not having the DH because especially once you get to the World Series that makes it a huge coaching decision yeah, home field match. advantage yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a chess and match. to see the managers go at it head to head and, and yeah. try to try to outthink the other manager i think that's such a beautiful part of the game it's so hard for people that don't enjoy baseball to understand this concept but since you and i play in the fantasy baseball world uh, for the last 3 years as we are fourth year you learn to love the game it's Absolutely. it's very hard to uh, like to to make you guys understand that at home watching this on your laptops or whatever you are watching this on, it, it's it's a beauty. It, 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 if it's played the right way, it's it's an unbelievable game. Yeah. Uh, but I want to get back to Houston real quick. One thing to note: who they did pick up, who I want a huge huge emphasis on, Carlos Beltran. Yeah. DH hitter. The guy's a pure hitter. The guy's hit the ball for over 19 years. Be 20th year in the MLB. I mean, it's incredible. Their pitchers are they could be studs. You never know what's going going on with with Keiko if he's there mentally. And can find the strike zone. That guy is a Cy Young winner. Yeah, and he, 
he could get back to it. It's it's such a coin flip, and it's like just guys like him and Sonny Gray. You know, what are they going to do this season after they had such great seasons the year before, and then they come out and lay an egg? Uh, you know, they have the stuff. Yep. So they got McCullers, Charlie Morton, uh, Mike Fires, and Musgrove. They also have a couple pitchers on the DL moving forward. Um, and then their their bullpen could be solid. Luke Gregerson, who was a closer for the USA mm-hmm. team, did an outstanding job for the uh, Stars and Stripes here. And then they have Giles closing it down. He throws so hard. Animal. Animal. <laughs> so I think I think you watch out for Houston moving forward yeah. out of that uh, NL West and could be very dangerous the whole NL. Agreed. We'll talk about the uh, excuse me the AL excuse me AL West NL moving forward. Uh, do you have it comes repeating? I do, okay. I do. I mean, how can you not? They have everybody back, um, you know, and they picked up who's a Wade Davis as their closer. You know, Chapman's back with the uh, the Yankees. Um, and Wade Davis has been closing for years now. He knows exactly what he's doing. Um, they're just so stacked. Uh, young talent again with them and the Indians. But they got you know Rizzo, Chris Bryant, um, those two right there, dynamic duo. Um, so we'll see. I don't think. I haven't won it just under 100 games. Just um, under? Just under. Oh, okay. 97. They won 103 last year. I know. So I, I'm going to go 97. Do this you think year. there's anyone that could give them trouble in the NL? Um, I'm going to go Dodgers. You're going with Dodgers? I'm going to go with Dodgers. I'm going to say the same division. I'm going to go with Giants. Giants, okay. I think, again, uh, the Giants made the wild card last year. They were one game away, I think, from completely throwing the Cubs up on their toes and mm-hmm. d- destroying that whole series for mm-hmm. them. Uh, they got the pitching. Cueto's back. Yeah. Cueto's an unbelievable pitcher for them. I know he's around 30 years old now, but they got Bumgarner. I mean, you can't stop that. Those two guys right there, that's two of the three or the four guys you need for a rotation the postseason. Right. Absolutely. I'm going to have to side with him, though, because Kershaw is due. He is he due. He is due. I don't know. <laughs> they, they picked up Matt Moore. They got some margin in Matt Kane. Those are five starters in the Giants organization. that could be two or three guys anywhere, including number one, both for Johnny Cueto and Bumgarner. Um they got Crawford, who played lights out for USA. Uh, Brandon Belt, who can hit it. Pence, Span, Posey. I mean, come on. These guys are all-stars everywhere. I don't know. I like the Giants. The Dodgers are also going to be hot. I see both t- two playoff teams coming out of that West. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Okay. And so. then Nashville, is you coming out of the East? Yeah. Bryce Harper, too good? Too good. Trey Turner, probably going to swipe 45 That's bags. Boy. <laughs> I think he's going to swipe 45 bags. Kid's cool. an animal. The MLB... Opening day starts a week, less than a week. Monday, yep. opening night is that Sunday night. Three games going on. Yes. Stay to ESPN, Fox Sports, oh. wherever your city's MLB located. TV. MLB TV, we got that package going on. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be awesome. MLB's back. I'm pumped. You're not the biggest baseball fan. Oh, I love I love some Mets and some Indians. Mets and Indians. He'll be covering the Mets this summer. And yeah. uh, hopefully the Reds, knock on wood, can show up. Um, so that's all we got for the MLB. Let's bring in Matt Harrington to join us here at the table. We'll scoot over. We'll bring Matt in over here. Actually, yeah. Can you, Matt, can you slide the table? Woo! You want to come over here? Yeah. I'll clap when you get in the screen. <laughs> they can't see you. I'm going to put that on the ground. We'll, we'll slide everyone in here. We're going to talk to some NBA right now. I guess when we're sliding in, we can talk about our, our sponsor, J&J Mobile Detail. That bitch. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> J&J Mobile Detailing behind Avalanche Pizza. Fix the car up. We'll tie it. Here, we'll pull this back, too. You getting everyone in there? Both of them? We're tight here. We love each other. (laughs) 
one of our, our final five podcasts of the semester as well. Um, NBA is tightening up. It is. What is going on with your Cleveland Cavaliers? They're not my Cavaliers. No, these no. guys Cavaliers. Yeah, yeah, these guys. I'm a Heat, heat fan. fan. If you have not watched before on previous episodes, I'm a Heat fan, and I hate what they're doing. But that's not the here nor there. <laughs> um, the Cavs. This is a, a touchy situation because they're losing, and they're losing big at home to or on the road to the to the Spurs, and the Spurs are generally like pretty unbeatable, whether you win, lose a close game or get blown out. But either way, you're going. It's not looking good for you on the Spurs' home floor. But the Cavs are losing at an absurd rate. Uh, I'm not sure what the record is. That's right. If you look it up real quick, 47-26. And what was the record last year? I'm pretty sure it was better than that. Right? Oh, they were, yeah, they were yeah. better. Like 59 and 21 or something, 22, something like that. Yeah. Uh, they're in the 60 range. But anyways, people are just saying, oh, the Cavs are losing more this year. They're they're not as good as last year. For, for me, I'm unconcerned about this. Uh, it's, it's not the playoffs yet. It's still the regular season. Once you reach the, the playoffs, people don't understand. The intensity, the the amount of hustle and effort just goes way up more because you're in the playoffs. You give it your all in the playoffs right now through the regular season. You're just collecting paychecks, trying to stay healthy for the playoffs if you are in that position. So right now, for me, I'm, a, I'm totally unconcerned about the Cavs right now. This, they're still the perennial number one team for me in the East, and their biggest competitor may be the the Celtics. We'll you know we'll have to wait and find out in the in late June and May. Yeah, I mean I, I hear what you're saying there, and that it's not the playoffs, but if you watch the Cavs play and their style of play, especially last night against the Spurs, their effort is concerning. Zero energy. We, we talk about their defense, and we've done that, and every every analyst is talking about how. They can't play defense. LeBron isn't putting any effort into it. But I was concerned with their offense. They put they put up 70, They're going to have those points. points. They're going to yeah, have those points. Yeah, over 80 points, I know, but if you watch, if you watch that, they weren't hitting from three, which I realize that gets streaky. But they didn't care, and they were trying to put in effort. They came in after halftime, Tyrone Lue or LeBron James, whatever one of them, I imagine, had a good speech to them at halftime. They came out, and they were firing, but then that energy fell away after, like, the first six minutes of the season. third quarter. It's a long it is a long season. season. We've been talking season. about everyone getting their rest, taking games off. I want to give a stat out, though, for you guys. The last time the Cavaliers weren't the leaders in the Eastern Conference as a whole, November 2015. The last yeah. time they weren't in first place. Yeah. Boston has a half a game lead, and I'm telling you this right now, if Cleveland does not get that one seed in the East, playing Game 7 in Boston for that Eastern Conference Championship is going to be deafening there in the Gardens. I would pick Boston in that game. It would be very, very interesting to see. Look, what do you, got? you have LeBron. He's played against the Cavs, or the Cavs, the Celtics plenty of times on the road in the playoffs. And in most he also quit. His, he in most recent, look, in most recent history, he's a he's a changed man. Quitter. He's a changed he's a man. Quitter. He's, he's a, a changed man. Changed that happened man, ten right. years ago. Can you, can you believe that? Ten years ago. Back in oh oh nine oh eight. Back then, we were Six, all young seven. guns. Yeah, we were young. LeBron guys. is thirty one years old, thirty two, I think, something like that. He's he's won a couple three rings. He's won three rings, guys. And he has, how many he's lost? Five, four, 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 excuse four. me, three and four. With two of the worst NBA final teams of all time. We lost two. Well, the first well, the one. The first one. The first, first one, one yes. it was just, He was the, the only second one. That he just deferred <laughs> to be. Yeah, he just deferred just to be not who he is now. But anyways, he has Kyrie on his team. He can put up 40 points. Like, no. 
It, he has way better support than he's had Absolutely. in the past, and he he has all the confidence in the but world. But LeBron bro. said this is the toughest season emotionally for him so far, and I've been ripping on the Cavs all season because LeBron is just so so hyped up on the idea of going out and getting players. When you had your championship team right there, I realize you need to boost your roster, can't be the same team, but th- if you look at all of the transactions they've made throughout this season, they look good, but I'm not sure that they're turning out that great. I mean, you go and get a veteran player, Andrew Williams, and yeah, he is a great player, better than uh, Kay Felder coming off the bench there, but he, but Jerome Williams isn't hasn't been a part of this organization. He's been yeah. there for like 15 games or something. Yeah. Hopefully he'll find his groove, but they aren't playing as a team. They're playing as a bunch of individuals, and, and that's concerning. I feel like he, he mentioned that this season has been just emotionally frustrating and uh, just a whole lot of the rest during this year because he's playing with a lot of guys that are complacent right now. In the past, with D-Wade and Chris Bosh and that whole roster and the staff, um, they were proven veterans. It, day in and day out, they knew what it took to get the job done. I'm not saying that this is not what the Cavs are doing, but they have young guys who they won one championship and they, they just feel good. Yeah. You know, they feel like not that's their legacy. Yeah. <laughs> LeBron is chasing the ghost of Jordan. You yeah. know, he wants that, that six ring, those six rings up there, five rings with Kobe. He wants to be up there on that platform. So right now he's just trying to get his guys like, go, come on, we need you. We need to stop being complacent. Let's play some damn defense and let's get the job done. So and he's just fighting that right Michael now. Michael Jordan in his career was 6-0 and in championship series. Uh, Michael or LeBron James has been the last six championships as a whole. As a whole. As a whole. <laughs> as a whole. That's very. That's an impressive stat as it is. Uh, to make one note before we switch uh, little subjects in the NBA, when he, LeBron says the toughest year, I think any year you win a championship, the next year is always tougher. Yeah. You got the target on your back every yeah. single night in, night, day, day in day out. Everyone knows you're the champion. They're going gunning for you. It's the same thing that happened with Golden State the year before. They won the championship against Cleveland, and then everyone's like, all right, we're ready for another rematch them in the championship. Yeah. They got their their wish, Cleveland did. They took advantage of it and won in game seven. Uh, all talks are off the Warriors. Yeah. We haven't heard about them since K- KD went out a couple weeks ago. Still going to wait and see if he's, like he's going to be ready. Yeah. Exactly how they like That's it. That's how any team like they've it. Won yes. seven, <laughs> they've won seven. I don't know, the last year when they were going for the for the record, they even said it early on, they had all the attention. They were killing they really, it. They loved it. They've won seven games in a row, the Warriors – Two games ahead of the uh, Spurs in the West. The West is interesting. Uh, I want to stay on the MVP talk topic right now. Uh, LeBron James is the best player in the East, in yes. the NBA as a whole. But will he get an MVP trophy? Because right now, you look at OKC, and we said this last semester. I just wrote an article on this. When you and I were doing the podcast without Facebook Live, we literally had a mic here sitting here. We were talking into it with no video. I said Russell Westbrook was going to be the winner of the MVP before the NBA season started. Right now he's averaging over a triple-double and has a chance to, with nine games, ten games left in the season to get more triple-doubles than half the season. He's at 37 right now. That's amazing stat as it is. Do you he's give it to him? He's I a, think, I think everybody there. said that he was going to be MVP. Like, KD leaving, yeah, rush for MVP. Yeah, hard. <laughs> you know, hard line 30 points hard. a game. Like, people saw this coming, I feel like, in my mind. I feel like with me and my friends talked about KD going to Golden State, they're like, oh, rush is going to put up 35 a game, 40 shots. MVP. He's playing like he's got something to prove, but he's not going to prove anything shooting the way he is. He's got got the sixth 
he is sixth place on shooting percentage on that team, and he's not even close to the fifth man. He's a he that, takes that a high volume of shots. That's why. That's a, yeah, he which is him. also a bad <laughs> thing if you're not making all. Of them. He's the only superstar. Yeah, I, I just I don't I don't know. How do you average a triple double and not win it? But at the same time, when you're what? They're sixth in the West right now. They're sixth right now. They're forty-two and thirty-one. They're one game behind the Clippers. Uh, the Clippers have some injuries right now. They're, they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle yeah. to even uh, you know win a playoff series. Oh, the, if the playoffs started now, they'd go Ooh, against Houston, the against the Thunder. That would be an unbelievable matchup yes, between absolutely. Harden and Russell Westbrook. I say Kobe be peace. I'm going to go to Kobe route and I'm going to go Kobe VPs. Why not? Because you both have guys, Harden, who is transitioning from the tuning guard primary role where he's, he's he was kind of forced to, to make plays last year. Yeah. This year he converted over to the point guard role and he's just doing things naturally, doing things very strategically. He looks and then, Yeah, he looks great. He yeah. looks great. And then you have Russ, um, who who's the only shooting guard this year or shooting guard. Uh, superstar this year on the team, and he's just he's just taking over. So he's just, he's expanding his game a whole lot more, and he's showing what he can do, and he's leading this team. How come in the Western Conference, obviously you have huge names, Golden State Warriors, back to back championship appearances. They've won one, lost one. Uh, the Spurs, obviously in our lifetime, is the dy- the only dynasty in the NBA going on still. Uh, you got the Rockets, the Clippers, and the Thunders that all have big name players. How come no one's talking about this Utah Jazz team? Right now they're the four seed in the West. They're forty-five and twenty-nine. I mean, does anyone even know about them? Pretty much, they come out of nowhere. Cause they're a young team. They're they're based in Utah. There's not a lot of like media market there in Utah. But they had they great were, players though with were, the mailman. They remind me of the Pacers of a few years Those ago Hall before of Paul George these got are, injured. These are role players, you know. The, except the, for Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I, I Hayward's guess a monster. Yeah. The problem with the Utah Jazz is that they are young. And they don't have a huge fan base. And also, they don't win the big games. If you look at the, the any primetime uh, TV game that they've had on, I mean, I can't speak much because the Cavs can't win a big game either. <laughs> but the Jazz but the Jazz have lost all the big games and won the small games against uh, below 500 teams and stuff. And that's what you're going to see against... Uh, with a with a uh, young team because they're going to put in that effort every single week week out. So I don't think they're a realistic um, threat in the West to come out. Um, but I like them moving forward if they can build off that roster. Rudy Gobert has recently criticized his teammates, saying, "Stop trying to score and compete because <laughs> they're uh, they've been you know I guess you could say called too nice on the court. I, whatever that means, they, they use that in the term where they try to score too much and try to look pretty instead of like." having that dog attitude and try to compete and win the games more. And he said and he says that if they had that mentality they would they would hit win a whole lot more games than they're currently doing right now. So I feel like if they enter the playoffs with that dog mentality, then they're gonna be right there in the fighting for the West of the conference finals. We're gonna go around the table right now with two weeks left in the NBA season. Who do you have coming out of each conference in that championship? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go repeat again. I'm gonna go Cavs Warriors, and I think it's gonna be just an insane matchup once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, both teams, if the, if Cleveland can can pull it together, and I'm really curious to see what happens when we hit playoff time. Um, but I, it'll be the third third time in a row, and you know at this point it's a toss up. Is that a rivalry? 
Yeah, absolutely. So LeBron won't say it, but we'll say this all right. Yeah, LeBron won't say it. How many times has that happened? That three teams have gone, or three years in a row, two teams have gone. Do the Celtics and the Lakers do that? No, they most they did it for two years. It's incredible. It's incredible. We have its, its own series. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and LeBron is now played, which makes it even more of a rivalry in my, in my you know, sense. Back in the day, <laughs> back at, it's not even three in a row, though. The Celtics and the Lakers had a, a big rivalry in the, in the late 60s. I mean, the whole 60s and the 70s. Uh, other than that, though, it's never had three years in a row of the same three teams. Um, there's been teams that have done it three years three in a row, years obviously. Yeah, but Lakers, no one's done Bulls, that. Golden uh, State Warriors. Yep. Back in the day, back, back in the day. Not yet, not yet. Um, but yeah, who yeah. you guys I, Well, so. coming out of the East, I've got the Cavs. I think they're going to turn that on, and I don't see anyone that could beat them. Boston's still young. Uh, they're athletic, um, but they don't have what it, what it takes um, to get out of the East. The West is a little tough because Golden State, if they can get back to their groove um, that they started at the end of last year, at the beginning of this year, and uh, then, yes, I have them coming out of the West, but San Antonio is scary. And you saw the way, just watching the way they play, like even their regular season games, they play with an energy, and, but it's not even the energy as much as how well they play as a team. They pass, they know each other like the back of their hand. And, the uh, system works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The system works. I mean, you got to um, credit Popovich with that too. Um, but, yeah, the Spurs are scary. I'll stick with the Warriors just though for rivalry's sake. For me? Yeah. Um, you know what? I would go with the Celtics if they had th- four more inches on the team. And by that, I mean Isaiah Thomas. Says <laughs> being 5'9 out there with a bunch of, bunch of trees. You know, in uh, some situations, you'll need that height. And Isaiah Thomas is obviously not going to get off the floor in crunch times. And I feel like that height, that lack of height, is going to hurt them at those crunch times. So. Um, I'm going to go with the Cavs in the West. I'm going to go... Who's the number two seed in the, in the West? Spurs. Spurs. I'm going to go with the Spurs, baby. Okay. Right, I'm going to go with the Spurs. I, I like the Spurs. The only thing I will say on the West, if KD is not healthy by that Western Conference Finals, the problem that I have with the rest of the West is the Rockets, the Clippers, and the Thunder have one good player, in my opinion. Uh, Chris Paul's iffy right now, so they got the Griffin. Uh you look at obviously Thunder and the Rockets. They've got Harden and they got Westbrook. They don't have a team. The only oh, two teams yeah. with a complete team in the West are the Spurs and and the Golden State Warriors. So yeah. the, one of those two teams is going to have to come out of the West, in my opinion. Uh, if if KD is not healthy enough for that championship series, the Spurs will win that. Um, if not, if he is healthy, Golden State will win that probably game six or seven. It'll be a very very tough matchup um, in the East. If Boston wins the one seed. It's so hard to pick against a team that gets Game Seven at home. You get all the fans <laughs> and, there. Uh, what they call it, the T T Q Square T- Garden. T G T G Garden. T G Garden. Excuse me. <laughs> there T-G in Boston, um, Isaiah is going to show out. He's going to show off. Yes. I mean, he, yes. he wants to take his father's role and be the bad boys. I think I love that. His father's role. <laughs> not his father. I mean, his, his father was incredible with the, with the Pistons. Um, That's not his dad. Is that his dad? No. No, that's not his dad. I thought they were fathers. No, no. Thing is, Isaiah Thomas is 
dad named him after Isaiah Thomas because he lost a bet. Did you guys know that at all? I, I thought it was his father. No, that's not his dad. I am way <laughs> wrong. I apologize. Wow, I'm speechless right now. Um, anyways, I still think Boston wins the game. Uh, Blizzard series, and I think the Spurs, <laughs> the Spurs will win. I'm, I'm that's speechless. That's right. I didn't know. Did you think it was his father? Uh, he did. I, I, he did. He did. No. <laughs> I really had no anything problem. else in the NBA. Um, I guess we could talk about the Genie Bush and the Laker family situation. Yes, what do you want to mention on that? I just think these are just the entitled brats. They're just fighting <laughs> over daddy's pension will type of thing. You know what's going on. I actually like that Genie's taking control over the, or still in the ownership of the franchise because the brothers are trying to oust her from from controlling ownership. Um, and I just I just love that you know a woman's in charge of the program, and she actually knows about the business and she she knows what she's doing. Do you pick the Ball family moving forward with that oh. possible one thing? Man, I don't know because Lavar big... said Lavar said his son will only play for the Lakers. I'm a big D Russ fan, and um, I want if I'm a Laker fan, I don't want the ball in his hands as the years come along. And with that being said, Lonzo Ball and D'Angelo Russ. They're they're both point guards. <laughs> they both need the ball in their hands, and they want to shoot the ball as well. Um, with that being said, I, if I was the Lakers, I would go after a guy like Josh Jackson, or maybe Malik Monk. They need a shooter. They need somebody who uh, who's going to play a big man as well. Uh, Malik Monk is obviously a two guard. He's six three, but he he's that the, the first shooter who doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands. He can spot up, run off of screens, things of that nature. And do do what he does, as you see against North Carolina. We hit those two, those two crazy, nuts, huge, Lonzo crazy threes. Ball is a head case, man. I, I don't he, think he's a. No, he's, he's not a head case. He's not he a head said case. Today, well, I guess you could he take said, this as confidence, but he said he's, he's ready to be the best player ever, or something. Yeah, I mean, if he, if come you, on, like, if you're I a hope, player in the NBA, you want to have that mentality. Yeah, that but you're he's better. still he's a freshman in college. He's That's eighteen good. years old. That's good. I can't wait till he gets to the That's NBA and they, and they shove him around a the little bit. The only thing that a little bit of a different attitude. The only thing that I really, you know, that really raised my eyes was that he said that he's better than Markel Fultz. If you don't know, he's going to be Markel Fultz is rated as the number one draft pick coming yep. in the draft, and Lonzo Ball is number two. Uh, he stay, he backed this up with saying, "I can lead a, lead a team better." He's saying, like, all due respect, he's he's a great scorer, he's a great talent, but if you look at our matchups with UCLA against Washington this past season, um, the Bruins blew up grew up the uh, the Huskies. Huskies aren't good though. Yeah. <laughs> and but Markel Fultz is supposed to be that type of transitional talent where he can raise the level of his team, and he didn't. He, his team got still got blown out. Granted, they have Lonzo. The, the Bruins it's have like Lonzo Ball. Seth Curry and Davis at the time. Davis Seth Curry's the only player on that team at the time, and he led them all the way there. That's he's that transitional talent, <laughs> obviously. Um, um, so Lonzo Ball is a very good player. I believe. I really like that he said that he's. You know, better than Fools, and I really, I really want him to go somewhere there where he can really, tra- you know, succeed and have the ball in his hands and lead the team, but not the Lakers with D. Rose. Final thought before we end the show: uh, Go read the article if you can uh, on Levar Ball and how he tried to take over his high school, his son's high school team. Uh, there was a couple paragraphs in the article that talks about uh, Levar got the team out after a loss in a tournament in Vegas. This past December, on the 18th floor of their Vegas hotel, sat them all out there when the head coach and assistant coaches weren't there. The assistant coach saw what was going on, got the head coach at the time, 
and LeVar was yelling at the players saying, I run Chino Hills, which is the high school. I run UCLA basketball, and in two years, I'm going to run the NBA. <laughs> Calm down, LeVar Ball. Wow. You haven't done anything in the NBA in your career. You played football and went overseas for a single year. Uh, your nutcase, you also said that if you take Steph Curry out of Golden State right now and you put his son Lonzo Ball in, <laughs> Lonzo will do more for that team than Steph Curry can right now. Man. It's like we all knew that dad, you know, when we were coming up through the He's you know, a helicopter sports, yeah. we all knew it, and he just takes it to the extreme. Like, yeah. My son is the best, but yeah. and, you know, it's not bad to think your son's the best. That's yeah. not it's too problem. far. It's too far. It's too far. Too far. But um, this isn't Little League anymore. No, but no. we're going to fight on this because <laughs> we're the media. Yes. <laughs> we like headlines. Yes. And it gives us something to talk about. <laughs> so keep LeVar... Keep doing your thing. We will keep talking about you. Stop, please. <laughs> you're not because if I was your kid, I'd be freaking out. That's honestly, so honestly, if I had, a, if my dad was doing that, I wouldn't mind. You know, stop it. I wouldn't stop mind. it. Like, oh my god, we're good. We're going to back. I'm gonna back it up. It's period point blank. Just see me on the court. All right, things we <laughs> find out today. This side of the table doesn't want Lavar as their father. <laughs> You want LeVar. Isaiah Thomas's father is not Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> and MLB starts in less than a week. So, guys, again, go check out all of our social medias. Twitter, Instagram, all seat at the T. Uh, on our website is seatatthetea.com. All one word. All one word. Seat, like we're sitting in, at the T is a table uh, behind us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> dot com. Check out our website. Articles, huge articles. Again, Chris. Thank you so much for doing all of our fantasy baseball stuff. Jordan Lindsay down in Alabama, graphics and all of our WBC coverage and baseball moving forward. College basketball articles by Duncan Goldberg. And all of us usually try to ship that as much as we can. Um, next week's podcast is probably going to be Thursday, uh, not Tuesday. We're going to get the studio for that one. Uh, more details on that on our social medias. If you want to get your car fixed up, guys, go to J&J Mobile Detailing. Joe, Andrews, and Big John will take care of you guys there. Uh, great job from everybody, everyone out there. But who really cares about opening week of baseball when we uh, have to get out of here? Uh, March Madness and NBA playoff is about to One come out in two weeks. One of the best sports. Yes, yes, best, 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 and then you also have the Masters. And the Masters come on. <sighs> everyone out there, be safe. The Masters. On CBS. <laughs> <laughs>